listening to Colored Lens. I'm Aria, a young black Caribbean girl who's just obsessed with the media world. This episode, I heard you, you asked, and I answered. So what we're going to talk about today is understanding documentaries and understanding the power of that platform. So we're going to take a look at Surviving R. Kelly as well as Leaving Neverland. And just as a heads up, usually what I have done in the past with my intro and my first episode, if you haven't heard it, feel free to go listen to it. You do not need to listen to me in any specific order. But I was able to write a script because I wanted to gather my facts and information and share that story with you within 30 minutes. However, with so much that's going on with this situation, I kid you not, it's impossible to try to write a script down for you. I promise I'm not going to ramble. I only bring you the facts. But it's not going to be that nice tone specific script writing that you heard if you listen to episode one, which you should, by the way. So here's what we're not going to talk about. I'm not going to do this whole who's right, who's wrong, law enforcement. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not the cops. I'm not here for that. And I'm not here to figure out the truth in this whole situation. What we are going to do, though, is look at how powerful media platforms have become. And it goes back to my intro where I spoke about the capabilities of this industry and we're going to also really look at how you as someone who might be interested in breaking into this industry because I mean digital content media content social content has become so much of our everyday lives how you can also share your story your brand your image your business through that light and even use that concept of creating documentaries I I like to call it the millennial version of documentaries right Let's take a step back, right, and understand what a documentary actually is. So I pulled a traditional definition for you. A documentary is basically a movie or a television or even a radio program that provides some type of factual record or report. So basically, it captures some type of reality. It's considered non-fictional, right? And if you take a look at the cable entertainment and documentaries, and even if you look at the cable entertainment industry as a whole, and I'm saying that because both Surviving R. Kelly and Leaving Neverland came out on cable network platforms. It wasn't Netflix, it wasn't Hulu, it wasn't any of that. It came out on HBO and Lifetime, right? The cable entertainment industry as a whole has been declining. We know that. We see that. You know that. You don't, half of us don't even have cable, but we're still consuming that same content, right? So, I mean, I'm going to still talk about it. I mean, if you don't know or haven't seen Surviving R. Kelly or Leaving Neverland, keep listening. I'm going to break it down without spoiling it for you. Basically, Surviving R. Kelly premiered on Lifetime on January 3rd. It was a six-part series, right? And Leaving Neverland premiered on HBO March 2nd. And and that one was a two-part documentary. Both have the same topic. This ain't no coincidence. 
It was based on two men, two black men to be specific, two celebrities to be even more specific, two men who hold a legacy to be more specific, and how they use their, I'm going to put it in quotes because I'm not picking a side, power to basically have a whole bunch of, you know, to all these sexual assault cases, point blank, period. That's what it's about. There's two purposes behind these documentaries, and we have only been looking at one, and we have forgot the other. The first reason, of course, is that these documentaries has created real social change. We were able to hear from survivors, and it is making a movement. It is the talk of the town, 100%, point blank, period. The second reason that I feel like nobody's talking about is that these cable networks knew what they were doing. They 100% knew what they were doing. So, going looking at Surviving R. Kelly, Lifetime created that to share women voices, of course. And if you know Lifetime, I remember growing up watching based on a true story I think was the name movies like every Sunday just watching a whole bunch of Lifetime movies and when you think of Lifetime you automatically associate it with the woman you think that's their audience that's who watched their content so Surviving R. Kelly came out on that perfect platform and of course their goal in mind was to share women's voices and that is why I make this strong argument and why I feel that need to compare Leaving Neverland. Because do you feel like it was so too, like, too, too soon after surviving R. Kelly? Is it possibly a case of them just trying to jump on that same bandwagon, quote-unquote? I don't want to use the word band. No, it is the word bandwagon. So keep listening to understand my little method and let me know your thoughts. Me and this thoughts. That was so funny. This documentary had a powerful goal in mind. It caused legal action against R. Kelly, literally, because of the documentary. Because of something we saw on TV, right? Which is something we haven't seen happen this big in the past by having multiple survivors on screen we were able to i'm saying we as a as if i'm in their production company but i just mean we as society so we as society we were able to create this public opinion and really have this emotional attachment with these survivors because we're watching them we're seeing their story I remember me personally when I was watching the series I was watching it almost like binge watching hard because I got so invested in these women that I I had to keep going and that's similar to any Netflix show that you watch you're so invested in this character and this story that you're gonna keep going like I watched it back to back non-stop and that's honestly probably one of the first documentaries that I've ever really invested my undivided attention to it has something to do with the subject but it also has something to do of how emotional it was like even when you're looking at the production aspect of it I know we said we wouldn't go strategic yet but surviving R. Kelly used no voiceovers basically what a voiceover is 
is that voice literally over some type of image, video, whatever the case may be. They did not use any. We saw their tears. They, we saw them get up. We saw their cry. We saw their straight faces. We saw their laugh. We saw everything. We engaged with them, which Leaving Neverland also had that same goal in mind. They chose that same vehicle, that same method of creating a documentary to tell these two men story that have uh, the same topic yeah it is it is the same topic so if you haven't seen it let me not ruin it for you but i gotta give you some context in case you didn't actually get a chance to see it yet because like i said it aired on cable and so many of us don't even have cable but method to their madness surviving r kelly as you know interviewed 54 people and i believe about 50 people made it on air a lot goes down so you have to watch it i can't really like give you every specific detail but it even had um wendy williams was there john legend was there his wife andrea kelly spoke up his ex-wife my bad and they had many specific stories they started off with his childhood they gave him some background so even if you didn't really know who r kelly was or if you didn't listen to him as much as maybe uh, someone like my sister who's about 10 years older than me or like my parents or whatever the case may be, um, you still got a sense of who he was and you heard about his story, you heard about his childhood, they interviewed one of his past teachers, he didn't finish high school, all that type of jazz. You, um, What happened to him as a child, he was molested and things like that and then they really started to bring the woman's stories and they all have that same story that makes the documentary flow and it even goes up to this day where they brought the parents that's the, might be the whole thing you're seeing with like the cbs interviews and the two current girlfriends who believe that their kids have been brainwashed and all that that is, it has been happening since i believe 2017 2018 so this is something that has been going on for years because when i started watching the documentary i was wondering like why now but then as the story goes on you realize that it's kind of still so recent so it it makes sense to why it was aired right now that's a little background on the front end side of things so if you look at it from like a, a production media type of aspect the making of surviving r kelly actually began in the summer of 2017 where the executive producer jesse daniels um along with the ep started to like read on different reports about the R&B singers um, alleged abuse of these women and they, then they started having a few um, interviews after months and months of development after they gained the survivors trust it wasn't something easy for them and they eventually added up to all these stories they got Lifetime their original pitch they also pitched other networks is what I'm bringing up as well but it worked perfect for Lifetime and Lifetime's platform because Lifetime's goal is to share women's stories. It targets women, 100%. Yeah, everybody knows that. I said that. And they also had a really good legal team to just make sure that everything they said wouldn't cause any issues. Um, if you even look at the documentary, a lot of the images and stuff that they use of R. Kelly is definitely things that they have fair use, like the handy-dandy Getty images and thing. But overall, everything was just a well-put uh, production. Like the intro, 
I love the intro. Like, the intro just sucks you right in. Like, you just have to keep going. So, going back to why Lifetime, they said that it was perfect because of uh, Lifetime had this Stop Violence Against Women campaign, and it just worked perfect for their platform. It was appropriate. And that's me still talking about that same story like remember watching all those based on a true story like the wife escape from the man and all these little stories that we used to watch like these little movies but we never had such a documentary this big think about the amount of people that's the thing it's not one it's not two it's not three it's not four it's not five it's not six come on he was able to gather 50 people against one person think that mm, mm, that's that's crazy looking at leaving neverland quick background if you haven't seen it so leaving level whoa (laughs) leaving neverland has two men their names are wade robson and james safechuck who um makes a claim that they experienced years of sexual abuse from michael jackson when they were children in the late 80s and early 90s look at their time span the research began in 2016 by the director and they did the interview in February 2017 the interview took about only two to three days to interview both men but the documentary wasn't released until 2019 a few months right after surviving R. Kelly you can't tell me that wasn't a a strategic move right in the interview, they interviewed the two men, but they also interviewed their parents. They talk a little bit about like um, their dad, which I didn't understand really well. Not to spoil anything, but one of the specific—it got very, very, very specific. Um, there were specific details about oral sex, uh, having sex multiple times, multiple locations. Very specific story told by both men. And then they talk about um, Wade himself, because he testified in the past, said the 11-year-old him is not the same as the 22-year-old him. Michael told him that he lied, that he has to lie. So he did, because Michael said it. And they met each other through um, their parents. I think Wade and James, they, they were aspiring like dancers, and like Michael discovered them, really took care of them. He was like family. After the film was released, the director received death threats and not the same type of reviews and feedback that Surviving R. Kelly got as well. They also had an HBO lawsuit. Um, HBO is a network that aired it. Also, um, HBO have the highest set of ratings it had in the HBO documentary in over a decade because of Leaving Neverland. And once again, it was on a cable platform, that same cable that is... I don't like to use the word dying because I am also in the cable industry. It's not dying, it's emerging. But the viewership ratings is decreasing, basically. And they didn't care about the lawsuits. They still took the chance and they decided to air it. Their argument was that the story isn't about Michael Jackson, it's about the survivors, so it's not any, like, defamation of character or anything, but I hate that statement when they say, 
it wasn't about Michael Jackson. It's Michael Jackson is about the survivors. Of course, yes, it's about the survivors, and of course, yes, the survivors are the ones who are indeed telling the story. But the curiosity is built over that celebrity, that person already has that reach, that audience, that clickbait. Like, you might not know who R. Kelly really is, but you might at least know that he sang I Believe I Can Fly. You might not know who Michael Jackson is. If you don't know who these people are, it's kind of crazy. But you might not really know who they are, but you heard Thriller. Like, come on, you heard something. You know a little something. And that alone brings curiosity. And that still goes back to how their music streaming numbers rose after these documentaries were released. Because people who didn't know much of them, much about them wanted to know about them. In this industry, any press is good press. In that type of aspect. So people were just curious. Humans are curious. So they wanted to seek out more information. And that's where like, I like to bring in my argument between surviving R. Kelly and leaving Neverland. There's no justice that can be served with leaving Neverland. It was produced and released in a way to receive attention. Point blank. You're, there's no way you're telling me you interviewed these people since February 2017 and you decided to... It might not even have been you. I'm sure in a case where you're pitching it to different networks or whatever the case may be, maybe they didn't see it as something they wanted to pursue until Surviving R. Kelly released and did so well. Because I've been looking and researching like crazy and I've seen so many interviews that explains why Surviving R. Kelly was on the platform of Lifetime. But there's no not argument there's no story that shows why leaving neverland decided to be on hbo as a platform like as a brand so there's no way you can't see that it was a sense that they wanted to make money which is so interesting because the two recent girlfriends of surviving r kelly is saying that this is all in it for money but i'm not here to pick I'm not here to, mm, that's not my job. I'm not paying out size, the truth, the lies, whatever the case may be. However, what I would say is that you can't, you can't not want to believe these stories the way they're told. And if you haven't seen it, please go see it. It's just told with so many details, with so many emotions that my personal opinion is, of course, there's truth with it that is why the platform is a documentary of course 100 percent. there there's some type of level of truth picking out what's true what isn't true anything that's true that's not my job and that's where it becomes interesting with society because i'm seeing society trying to create this as one big movement but when have we ever united as a society when have we ever even united as human species we're not all gonna be on board for the same thing and that's where things clash a little bit and that's where things get tricky a little bit and that's where things get confusing a little bit because I've had people talk to me where they're like they feel sorry for R. Kelly or people who don't want to hear it don't want to believe it whatever the case may be whereas we have people who could have been 
R. Kelly super fans and now they don't want to support him, don't listen to his music, whatever the case may be. And same thing goes for Michael Jackson. And these companies, like different um, record labels dropping them, it's them as a brand just showing that I'm not going to pick a side because if I stay with them, it's going to look bad. So it's just easier for me to drop and stay quiet. Nobody has really released any specific statements why they dropped or anything. They just dropped, stay quiet, back away from the problem. And that's a business move as well, staying safe. So we as viewers, will we get to decide what happens next. And I understand the whole concept of, everybody should understand this if you don't already, that a victim, I like to, I rather use the word survivor, has their own timeline when they're ready to share their story. And if you really look at the reasons why they share their story or sometimes they don't share their story, it's out of anger, shame, embarrassment, whatever the case may be. What I'm not understanding with Leaving Neverland is why you chose to use a documentary as your platform why did you feel the necessary need to bring it out to such a mass audience massive audience so i'm not talking your parents i'm not talking your therapist i'm not talking your spouse you decided to share it with the entire world why michael jackson is a dead man so it's not like you can bring him to court what justice are you really looking for if that person has passed away versus R. Kelly, who's still alive and well and currently has these two girlfriends or whatever the situation may be, is a whole different scenario. So yes, they kind of came with the same goal in mind, in mind, but Leaving Neverland did it for more of a media move versus surviving R. Kelly that had that element of authentic stories and voices as well as of course being a media move for that network of course Lifetime is going to pick it up of course the producers knew that it was a story that was going to sell it's a good story just like any journalist would know however it was way better than an article piece reading reading an article of 50 women would not have done the same as seeing these women cry as seeing seeing them with your own two eyes that's just how I like to see it so I just want to see us make this a make this a lesson on how you could share your story because both documentaries were able to build a conversation towards sexual violence and use a media platform that could start that conversation so you as a person as a media professional or a brand or a business should just be aware that you can start a conversation on anything that you want to talk about besides networks finding stories that they can share so can you and I like to look at vlogs almost as our generation of documentaries because when you really look at it, the most successful set of vlogs are the ones that tell some type of story or the ones that you've been keeping up for years and watching them grow. So whether they're using like more of their glamorous and you're watching them travel, doing all that fancy stuff, or you're really looking at, at this person vlogs who tells you all their highs and their lows, you're attached to them. It's a story based on facts. 
And I think if you're anyone who's trying to break into this industry or looking to build some type of image, focus on telling your story and not necessarily to sell a point or some type of service or find a way to intertwine with that. And even with me with this podcast, I'm aiming to find a way to connect with you and share all my all. See, this is me keeping it 100% real with you because I am tongue-tied. Basically, what I was saying is that with this podcast, I found a way to connect with you and share all minority groups, our stories, so it's not just a black man, not just a black woman, just but all who are not labeled as privileged. And I'm going to tell you how much I hate that word. That's why you got to keep tuning in. And how we could really look at the method behind this media world that is on the rise. Because whether you're on board or not, it is coming. So please just take it to your advantage. Until then, I'm just a Caribbean girl who wants to take a look at the media industry through a colored lens. Please subscribe to our podcast and all social platforms. So Instagram and Twitter, that is Colored Lens Pod. Facebook is Colored Lens Podcast. My website is colored-lens.com. If you have anything that you would like to talk about, head to my website, colored-lens.com. Don't forget the dash and hit the contact me form. Definitely would like to keep this conversation going. Or send me a message on social media, always on my phone. I will check it and I will get back to you. If you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, please head to the sponsorship tab on my website, color-lens.com. Don't forget the dash. Whether you would like to join the team, leave a donation, just head over. You can go ahead and take a look. You don't have to listen to this podcast in any order. I think I mentioned that in the beginning as well. Matter of fact, I want you to go for the topics that relate to you. And that's how we seek content. So if it goes for you, please tune in. I appreciate any subscribe, any review. That would be amazing. So once again, thank you. Bye.